broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studio. This is The Hango Show. Now go ahead. Taking a balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I ain't got balls. <laughs> I don't know. I think you have bigger balls than a lot of men out there. She wears her I mean, ovaries on the outside. That, that might be true. Oh, it's funny that you even mentioned that because, and I don't even know how this got started, but yesterday we were talking about um, Tom Green when oh, yeah. he had oh, testicular gosh. cancer, you know? And so you remember he sang that song on the show about fill your balls? Mm-hmm. So out of that near, I hadn't either. Like it had totally left that spot in my mind yeah. forever until it got dredged back up <laughs> yesterday, and all I've thought about all day long. <laughs> You've been saying that. Fill your balls. Thanks to my significant other is, hey kids, fill your balls <laughs> so you don't get cancer. It's true. <laughs> you know when when me and my because my cousin's like two or three years older than me. And like when we got like 17 or 18. Is this going to get really weird? No, it's like. <laughs> I'm about my, feeling balls and now you're talking about your cousin who's older than you. Yeah, so his mom's a nurse. And when we got about 16, 17 years old, she gave us a brochure. And on one side, it was it was about how to check statistics. I'm surprised cancer. she didn't hold y'all down and check them herself, to be honest. <laughs> you call my aunt a pedophile? No, just No. Not trusting you to do it right. Let me finish my story right quick. Anyway, <laughs> so she gives this pamphlet, and on one side it was like for guys how to you know how to check for testicular cancer in the shower. Another side was like you know for women how to check for breast cancer. Right. You know, and she's like, y'all need to really look at this because you're in the prime age. You're coming on the prime age now for testicular cancer because you know, like I said, eighteen to thirty, thirty-two, something like that is like the prime time for men to. To develop testicular cancer. She's like, yeah, you just... just what? I don't live forever? <laughs> She's like, you know, follow, follow the diagram. And it's like a diagram of a guy, like, soaping up his hands and squishing on his nuts. I was like, great. <laughs> While you're washing, just do that. <laughs> so were they real pictures, and did you jerk no, off they, to the other side? No. I didn't know if it had boobs on it. They had no nipples or anything. It was, oh, it was like a I didn't diagram. know if it was like... Okay. Yeah, I'm jerking off the medical journals now. Yeah, that's... At that age and at that time when there was no internet... I'm a man of sophistication. I didn't so you had the Victoria's Secret books. catalog? He's a man, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, man. <laughs> oh, man. How's it like to be on uh, vacation? Are you happy? It's been productive. It feels weird not doing anything. Like, this is the first summer in forever 14 years. Holy shit. That I've not had a second job and or a third job and or went to school and or been medically incapacitated yeah. in some way, shape, or form. So, it's really weird. Like, you know, I'm not doing any of that stuff, but I find myself constantly finding things to do around the house, like things that need to be updated or fixed or organized. I'm, I feel like I'm just constantly doing something. <laughs> I mean, it's good. <laughs> I don't I mean, know how not to. I have a 
I'm kind of lucky that I have the week on week off type thing going on, you know, because when I'm off, I actually have time to relax. I hear so many teachers nowadays that are, you know, they work a second job during the school year, you know, and then when summer hits, they just pick up another one to make it a full time gig. Yep. You know, well, I don't, is it, I know when my mother was teaching and I was younger, like five years ago, because I'm young, um, teachers used to like, they want the summer school teaching jobs, and those were super hard to get at the time. Are they still that way? Well, in my situation, it wasn't. Oh, well, um, yeah. Because they were basically begging people, like, please. And I think after the year that teachers have had, um, they're just like, nope. Yeah. You know, I, I, I need to go sit down somewhere for a minute. And Rest my mind. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, summer school jobs used to be a little competitive, and they may still be in some places. Did it pay more or something or what? Extra money. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you still get a check over the summer, but it's because your salary is split right. over 12 months. It's not that you're getting paid to be off. It's money that's already owed you. Well, do y'all get the option to take the nine months of pay it, or they just pay it throughout mm-hmm. the year now? Yeah, they just split it into 12 installments. Well, at one point, they were giving people the option in some states yeah, where they uh, could pick I've never had the option to do that. Yeah. I think I would have picked the 12-month thing anyway, just oh, yeah. so you got a, you got income always coming right. in. Right. it's different. Check. Like the, the moms that teach and have the the husband who, you know, CEO or something, they might do the nine months, or they yeah. used to, or the man who was the, you know, breadwinner. I know I could see all my teacher friends, like, at the end of December. I'm like... This is going to be the longest January ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. That paycheck is going to be six months, six yeah. weeks away. Because <laughs> the way that works is they pay you on the last working day. Right. And mm-hmm. so we would get paid, you know, the day that we get off. December our, 15th or whatever. Yeah, Christmas vacation, and then we don't get paid again until the very end of January. So you have to stretch that, like, six weeks, you know, where you normally would have been stretching it for. Right. Everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. <laughs> It's your host, Tango Wood. I'm here tonight with Mesa and Tinker, and we're talking about checking your nuts <clears throat> and teacher pay salaries. They both stink. <laughs> well, <laughs> not mine. Mine are always fresh and clean. Good to know. Yep. So fresh and so say? clean, clean. How y'all doing tonight? Super. Fantastic. How's your drink? You like that? I do. It was a little strange at first, but yeah, that's why I was like, eh, "Go ahead and pour me one it? of those." It's a uh, it's ginger beer and rum. <clears throat> she has no taste. I don't like ginger beer. Ginger beer's delicious. I'm weird about like ginger flavored stuff. Sometimes I'm okay with it. It's Some, opinions, yeah, because yeah. well, sometimes it, it could just be overwhelming. Yeah, it doesn't I don't take a lot ginger. of ginger to to yeah. to go a long way. A just little bit a dash. Does it. I don't want it with my sushi. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I totally mm-mm. toss it. I, no, I don't no, want no, it no. anywhere near my food. <laughs> Isn't it Nancy who will like devour it? I don't know. Maybe that's the wasabi I'm thinking about. Uh, she she like does wasabi bumps. She snorts that stuff. Like it's I coke. know. I've <laughs> seen does. her use use chopsticks and just eat the wasabi. Oh my goodness! And she'll steal it off your plate if she knows you don't eat it. Yeah, she's born in Japan. It's her people. But so doesn't look it. <laughs> Can, hang on. <laughs> you could you could blindfold her with dental floss. She has no, eyes. you couldn't. She wears those round pointy hats. 
Well, that's a witch hat. That oh. doesn't have anything to do with. She was Asian. in the rice fields. Have you met Nancy? Do you think she has been in a rice field picking rice? I don't think so. I don't think you really pick rice, do you? Well, I don't know. I can see her picking some corn and some peas and some beans. No. She's a rice girl, for sure. Can you believe y'all y'all started yelling at me because I said she was squinty-eyed? <laughs> well, A, she's not. And B, I don't... You can't make fun of people for things they can't help. I'm not making fun of them. I'm, not, I'm making fun of them because they're from Asia. Oh, they can't help that. And my father got born over there. What's up, Skull? My, my <laughs> Korean buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling uh, the other night we, when we used to game together, he would do this Vietnamese accent, and it would just it would killed me. It was so funny the way he would. I think do, I know what you're going to say. He would do it all the time. Well, one night. Me and Tink were going to order some Chinese food. And so he started doing his Chinese accent. And he was like doing the whole Chinese restaurant spiel, you know, which I'm not going to do <laughs> because I don't have that kind of privilege. And I was like, holy shit, do that for Tink. And I unplugged the mic from the controller and he goes, hello. How are you? How are you? <laughs> what can I get you to eat tonight? <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> So, and then yeah. he fell out laughing. Yeah, he thought it was funny. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to have Mesa on back in May because May is uh, Lupus Awareness Month, and Mesa has the affliction. She is down with the sickness. <laughs> Damn it! I had that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I felt kind of back. This is what I did. Me being a terrible friend. Uh. I don't know if any of y'all know who Matt Shedberg is, but he's, he's a fantastic comedian. Rest in peace. He passed away from a heroin overdose years back. Brilliant fellow. Very good. And he had a bit. We was talking about he don't think that addiction is disease. Because you don't hear people saying, damn it, Otto, you're an alcoholic. Damn it, Otto, you got lupus. And so when, when she told me she had lupus... All that I wrote back was, damn it, Otto, you got lupus. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she probably don't even know where, where that bit comes from. I'm ter- I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to send that. But because I have no, I had no idea. I don't know a lot now what lupus actually is. Uh, do you want to explain to people what lupus is? I can try. Oh, Just, wow. You know, well, it's, it's hard to. It's really- hard to nail down. Yeah, and even the experts still really don't have all of the answers. Um, I may be like slightly wrong on some of the statistics, um, but it's ballpark. Um, you know, there's like, I guess, 300 some odd million people in the U.S., and they estimate a little over a million of those actually have lupus. And there's different kinds. You know, you have systemic meaning that it's system-wide. It can affect any part of your body, your brain, your heart, your lungs, your joints, your skin, your kidneys, your digestive system, Um, or you have discoid lupus, which is just the skin. And they say that um, a good percentage of people with discoid lupus, I think maybe 10%, go on to develop systemic later in life. 
Um, I actually have both. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. You hit the, hit the jackpot on the lottery. But they, yeah, they found the systemic first. And then, you know, when I started having these breakouts, you know, they, they, it looks a little bit like acne, but, you know, when you really look at it, it's not. And the difference is, too, you can wash your face with whatever you want to wash it with, and it's just not going to go away. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe what it is because no, they say no two cases are alike. Um, it's hard to diagnose because there's no one test that you can have ran, and then it says, you know, you have lupus. Like, they have to look at so many different things before they figure that out. And so a lot of people go undiagnosed for a significant amount of time. Um, but looking back, I think that a lot of the medical issues that I had in my 20s that didn't make a lot of sense to the doctors, you know, it kind of adds up yeah. now. Um, and I've, I may have had it for years, and it they just never could pinpoint the cause of it because it all seemed unrelated at the time. How does it affect you internally? I mean, of course you said you you have breakouts. What does it do internally to your body? How does it affect it? Is this inflammation in your joints and stuff or. So what it is at the core is your body produces these proteins and antibodies against certain things. And in lupus, you have what they call an anti-nuclear antibody. And so it attacks anything with a nucleus, which is literally everything, everything in your body. body. Right. Damn. And so it'll, it, sometimes it might focus on you know, one thing, and then if you have a flare-up a few months later, it'll be something else. And some people, it's just it's kind of consistent. It's not saying that that's what it'll be their whole lives, but it's just more commonly it attacks specific things like Tony Braxton is really outspoken about her diagnosis um, because it affected, you know, her, her performance and everything. Like, you know, she had to really scale back on live shows and she's been in and out of the hospital a lot. So is it like fatigue is a big problem? I'm guessing that one, everybody experiences. There's not really anybody that doesn't experience like debilitating fatigue. Like in her case, most of her hospitalizations had to do with her heart. Mm. You have inflammation in your heart. Oh, that's scary. Um, and then, like, Nick Cannon and Selena Gomez are two celebrities that speak out um, to, to build awareness. And their main issues are with their kidneys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Selena Gomez actually had to have a kidney transplant. Holy shit. Um, and her best friend gave her a kidney. That's nice of her. Yeah, it was. But she was really... She was quiet about it because she was so young, yeah. but it made her so sick. You know, the tabloids started writing like, oh, she's disappeared. She must be in rehab. And finally, she was just like, I've been having to take chemo. Look, motherfuckers. Yeah, that was exactly what she was like. Y'all, y'all are being assholes because I've actually been on chemo and I'm I'm resting because I need it. And and it's been, none of your business. It, it's just like the whole Chadwick Boseman thing. Oh was, God, that broke my heart. He was yeah. so sick. Golly. And, and they were, you know, calling him a crackhead and everything. And and unbeknownst to everybody, he had terminal cancer. Right. You know, so it's so it can attack really anywhere in your body. Then. Yeah, like 
what started with mine, it's weird because it it's not un, it's not necessarily something you see all the time, but it's not uncommon either. It was my liver of all mm-hmm. things. Um and and my digestive system. So I was having these really like horrible abdominal pains. And I'm like, this is not right. Something is really wrong. This ain't just shit. Yeah. And it, but <laughs> Literally. I put a pin in that. <laughs> put a pin in that. Shit stories. Yeah. So I'm two hours away at work one day at a school. And I just got to the point where I said, I've got to go to the hospital. Like, this hurts so bad. Something's wrong. I don't know what to do. And I called my supervisor who actually wasn't very far away from me at the time and she's like can you drive and I said I don't know I'm gonna try and she's like if you can't I'll I'll drive you home so she followed me all the way back and I ended up going into um, the clinic near my house first because I mean you I've got to be like bleeding and dying to go to the emergency room that's what it's for (laughs) right (laughs) And but then they turned around and sent me there. Oh gosh! For a CT scan, and I was like, okay, maybe it's my appendix that's yeah. ruptured, yeah, or whatever. And I just remember being in so much pain when they were doing that that just the pressure from them moving me certain ways, I would just tear up. And the the lady running the machine was like, "I'm so sorry." And they called me, you know, a little bit later. And they said, well, your liver is enlarged, um, so we got to figure out why. And then they said, and also you're like severely constipated. <laughs> and I was like, well, I've always been told that I'm full of shit, so uh, here we yeah. are. Big old you bag know, of shit. Literally and figuratively. Um, and so, I, But I couldn't figure that out either because I wasn't like I didn't notice I wasn't going, you know, but for whatever reason, it was just so inflamed. But that's interesting, in though. I noticed women aren't the women. I should say all women because this is not an all women moment. Unlike most moments, a lot of women that I know, like in my circle, they don't shit regularly. Oh, I do. I know you. Well, I, and I, I did. That's why I was shocked yeah. when they said that. I was like, are you kidding me? I, I, I know. Yeah. I know some girls that go like once a week or something. Oh, you know, and I'm. Man, you can set your watch by me. I know, I know when I'm going. to – You heard those saying, "I don't know whether the shit or why my watch." Well, for me, I can do both because <laughs> I know right when it's going to happen. Well, you, uh, no, well, I was just going to. Sorry, no, I you're just fine. interrupted. Oh, you know, you said it kind of started with your liver. Did I know a lot of people when they have liver trouble, even if they're non-drinkers and all that, they're automatically kind of looped into. Oh, that must be a closet drinker, or they must be well, alcohol. Did you, did have, you ever get did you have any, like kind any kind of, of that? cirrhosis, or did you have any yellowing of the eyes, or anything? No, um, it was just enlarged because of the inflammation oh, gotcha. that was going on in my digestive system, and that was why I was quote unquote constipated too. Bullshit. Even though it said, you know I was going, but it was just like, no, that's why you're you're hurting so bad. Oh. And so they sent me to. A specialist, and of course, they ran more tests because they needed was the to see what was going local, on. Local, or do you have to drive? I actually did both. Okay. I went to the specialist here, but then I went to uh, Baptist in Memphis, and they did the um, the MRI on my liver there too. I'm just thankful because I know where you were when all that happened. 
that you did not go to the hospital where you were. I'm glad that you came to a decent hospital. <laughs> well, but that's where it all started, and that's how I ended up at Baptist because they were just like they they ran some blood work there, and then that's kind of where the whole autoimmune thing started mm-hmm. because the first thing they said was, "Well." these symptoms you're having and you you've tested positive for an antibody. It's called an anti-smooth muscle antibody is what they found first. And so that's one that attacks any smooth muscles in your body. And apparently it was attacking my liver and intestines and whatnot. And so they're like, well, you probably have autoimmune hepatitis. But oh, we all them you know, fucking tattoos, girl. What you get? This guy's well, judgment. No, but that, <laughs> see, I had somebody ask me that too. They said, "Where did you pick that up?" And I said, "I didn't pick it up anywhere. If it's autoimmune, it's your yeah. body attacking right. itself. I didn't catch it, and you yeah. can't catch it." No, but everybody it. thinks hepatitis. So you hepatitis shared a needle, C, yeah. or you did right. something, right? But no, that's exactly what somebody said. So where did you pick that up at? And I'm like, slamming heroin. No, I went nowhere. <laughs> when I worked at the Big retailer I worked for. We had a guy who did janitorial work. Mr. Harding. Awesome guy. He's probably in his 70s. 60s, 70s. And you know, cleaned the bathrooms, whatever. When I first started working for them, he went in the bathroom one day to clean up. And he grabbed like a wad of paper towels <gasps> on top of, top of the paper towel dispenser. Oh, no. And it had a dirty needle in it. Mm. And he got fucking hep C from it. Mm. At 70-something years old, got pricked with a dirty needle. Did he go to the hospital right yeah, after? Hell okay. yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he needed HIV antivirals oh, and yeah. all that. HIV. Yeah, but he, he did blood work that came back positive for hep C. Well, basically, I, what they had told me after that was, you know, we'll just watch and, you know, we'll get we'll do a bop, see if we have to. But really, the only, the only you know, way we can help this is through steroids, and we're already giving you that anyway. They're so. going to biopsy your liver? Yeah. Oh. So... Anyway, that's how I ended up at Baptist because I wanted more answers than we'll just wait and see, see what happens. happens. And so they did the MRI and they're like, it's actually, you know, you're you're good. You don't have any cirrhosis. So if, you know, if it is, you know, hepatitis, then um, it's just an initial like inflammation or flare up. You don't have any damage to your liver. Right. So I was like, okay, that's great. Well, I don't even remember now, but it was within the same month. I started having super bad symptoms that when I thought about it after the fact, they had just kind of came and went well, were they? randomly. This, I mean, this example. But, so I woke up one morning and I just couldn't move. I was like, oh, I was so sore. Oh, no, muscle soreness? I felt like somebody had beat the crap out of me. Damn. And I hadn't done anything. Like, I hadn't been, like, physically exerting myself. I just woke up, and I hurt all over. And I had a fever, and I said, oh, well, I've got the flu. Right. Yeah. Was it muscle soreness or, like, the joints? Both. Both. I couldn't tell. You were just because, sore all over. Yeah, then. I just hurt. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. And so I said, well, I'll go to the doctor later. And I noticed on the couch after I'd kind of gotten up and around and moving, I was looking down and my fingers looked like sausages. Like mine? <laughs> <laughs> my pickle fingers? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like Elton John over there? <laughs> Polish sausages. <laughs> but 
And it wasn't every finger is what was weird to me. Oh, it was just weird. certain ones, like certain joints, and they were purple. Holy shit. And I was Gosh. like, this is not right. No. Either. I'm turning into Grimace. Yeah, like, what the, what the hell? So anyway, I got to the doctor and, you know, I just told him, I was like, look, I don't know what in the world is going on, but something's not right. And I just told him every little weird thing that I had, I could think of over the last year or two, because I'd had so many problems with so many different things. Like I had chronic anemia. I had, you know, low vitamin D. And I don't mean like a tad low, because that's pretty common. I mean, like mine was bottomed the hell out. And um, I felt like I had what was like recurring kidney infections. But then they would do tests and there wouldn't be anything. And anyway. Kids won't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, you know, I listed off everything and, you know, showed him my hands. And, you know, we already had the lab work from the other stuff. And he said, you know, you may have something more going on here. And um, he said, I'm going to run an autoimmune panel. Was this like a local physician, or did you go to the hospital? Yeah, again? no, this was just my family doctor, gotcha. which they still can't diagnose you there. Yeah. But what he did was, you know, he just ran like a metabolic panel and um, a complete blood count, and then um, an autoimmune test, basically for that those anti nuclear antibodies. Which, you know, again, and I know this sounds like a bunch of gibberish, but that's just how confusing it is to pinpoint. Some people have those, but they don't have lupus. It sounds like kind of like develop you know, those. people with Lyme disease, they still don't even know really what the hell that is. Because different people have different, have they have some similar uh, side effects. Yeah. But it varies from person to person. Yeah. You really can't pinpoint really what it is. Well, they start with that A&A test, really. And so if you're positive... It has to be a certain amount positive because some people have low amounts of it in their system and right. there's nothing. I want to say something I read said that uh, one out of five women have a positive ANA test when they do, you know, those lab, uh, lab, that lab work. But it has to be what they call a certain tighter amount. Gotcha. So, so much of it in your system for it to be considered like a significant positive to send you to rheumatology for further testing. If the titer is a significant amount, then they, they refer you to rheumatology so they do further testing. But I had to wait, I think, six weeks to get in there. And meanwhile, it's just like... Hope I'm not done. It. Yeah. But fortunately... My work really understood what was happening. Like I told him, I said, you know, my doctor thinks I have lupus or something autoimmune related, but he really suspects lupus. And um, coincidentally, my big boss at the time had just went through um, an initial bout with that herself, like maybe two years before. And she was hospitalized because it, it was... Um, in her lungs. Oh, shit. And she didn't know what was going on, but that's when they found it was when she ended up in the hospital with it. 
But anyway, they were really nice, um, and it was the end of the school year, and a lot of the schools that we were working in were doing their state tests, and they're like, Uh look, you can do this from home. So they sent me things to do, you know, at the house where I didn't have to get out and leave because I want to say probably within the week I was so sick, I couldn't keep anything down. You know, they let me work from home, but... um, I guess I was fortunate in that aspect because I'd already used up all my sick days at that point. Oh shit! I couldn't, I couldn't go to work. Like I couldn't function. Um, I got really sick at my stomach, and I couldn't hold anything down. I lost like eleven pounds, and this was after my weight loss surgery, mind you. I was already like a size two, right? And I got down to like a zero. You'd, my bones were like poking out, out and. Oh. It was just not not good. Um, but by the time I got to the rheumatologist, um, it was weird because it's like you wait that long for answers, and I had this really, like, prominent rash on my face at that point. And he walked right in, and, like, he... he Lupus? <laughs> he goes, he goes um, you know come with me, you know, to the next room. He said, there's better lighting. Because the first thing he did was he, like, looked, touched my face like that, and he was trying to get a better look. And I went in another room with him, and he starts, like, pushing on these little, you know, I just thought I was breaking out because I was sick and but stressed out. But it wasn't out. like actual acne, though. There was mm-hmm. no... Is it, like, rosacea looking, or...? Well, it's, um... I have a little bit of it now. You can, go, pull, you can pull it to you. Going on a little bit now. Like, it's really faint, but I, I, I put some... You're a little red right there around your nose. It just kind of looks like you've been in the sun. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what what that... They call it a malar rash. Okay. Looks like. That's, you know, they call it a butterfly rash because sometimes it'll, it expands out. It's like two triangles, and it looks like a butterfly across your wow. face. Right. But it can also go up here and then down across your chin. Oh, jeez. And so... I usually have that off and on anyway, but these were like little, I can't describe it because it, if you don't know the difference, you don't see it. But now that I know the difference, I can tell because they, they're they like little discs mm. Mm. and they're, they're small and they're kind of scaly. Yeah. I'm trying to sound gross, but well, you know, sometimes that. This podcast has got an explicit <laughs> tag to it. Oh, well, I so. mean, we did start out talking about balls. Yeah, grabbing so, nuts. Yeah. yeah. But, um. Anyway. Is it scaly, like kind of like psoriasis? Is just as a comparison? Yeah, it's it's really dry and um, I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. Does it burn or itch or anything, or is it just superficial? It's both. Like mm-hmm. the the malar is usually kind of superficial, but this other uh, he called it subcutaneous uh, lupus uh, erythematosus. I think Some is what he called it. Yeah. So it's it's subcutaneous. Is is the, the type of rash it is, but um, the only way to get rid of it is steroids. Just pretty much like with anything with lupus is steroids. You have a flare, steroids. There's only one medicine um, that's approved to treat it by the FDA, um, which is what, like, when you get diagnosed, they automatically put you on it, and that's the uh, Plaquenil or... Um, Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Right. The, uh, you mean the one that cures COVID? 
Oh yes, it cures all the COVID. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. when they when they started touting that as a possible cure, you were like, "Thanks, great, I can't get my medicine now." <laughs> I mean, I, it got hard really quick. Yeah, I had to ration for probably a good three or four months. Like I wasn't taking my full dose because you couldn't find it, yeah. and then if you could find it, it cost an arm and a leg, yeah. exponential amount more than what it did i was paying like 12 dollars, i think per pill no for the whole month the whole month and the first time i had to get a refill after all that mess happened a friend of mine found some in olive branch they they had one vial and i went and picked it up and it cost me 92 dollars jesus Oh, that's a $80 jump. Damn. And if you stop taking it abruptly, it can throw you into a flare. So yeah. I was freaking out. Like, I don't want to be sick. Like, I, I'm doing well compared to what I was. Yeah. You know. But I want to stay that way. Right. So anyway, that finally calmed down after they figured out that that didn't have anything to, you know. That had, Trump wasn't a doctor and didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah, and, I mean, they had people, you know, trying to tout it, saying, oh, it saved, you know, my brother's life. And it's like, it, you know, correlation, causation, yeah, you know, X, Y, Z. You could have taken a Pez and gotten better. Does that mean that's the cure? Right. They're like, I took it, and I felt like a totally different person the next day, and I'm, bullshit. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. But... Anywho, that's the only medicine that they have approved for it. And there's another one now that some people take called Benlista. And you can either take it in, a, I think, a shot form or um, an infusion. But that's like for certain cases and more severe cases. And um, it's not something that you want to just jump right on and do. Well, that like a last resort type thing, like, like nothing else really works. I wouldn't want to say last resort, but it, you know, there's different levels. Like some yeah. people have mild cases, like they get diagnosed, they may take Plaquenil for a while and then take themselves off of it, and they're like, I feel fine. But that yeah. doesn't mean that you know it's gone. Or yeah. f- it's never gone. Right. Yeah. You know, f- you may feel fine, and then you know. A few months or weeks or years later, it knocks you down again. Is there anything they prescribe like off label to help with it at all? Um, not really. Damn. I mean, they don't understand it enough. Yeah, probably yeah. to you, you typically you're taking, um, and some some people have to take um, this low dose chemo too called methotrexate, like chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Um, oh. But it's not. That one is usually in pill form. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to take it in a weekly injection, but that's usually people who are having kidney trouble. Oh, gotcha. Um, but there's there's other different chemo uh, drugs that they use too. Um, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but you know, my friend I was telling you about earlier, she had to take one for a while because basically what lupus does um, is it as it's attacking. Um, your your cells it it's because your immune system is overactive right it it doesn't make sense because you think well if you can catch things easily how are you doing that if your immune system is overactive and it's because you can't compensate 
for what your body's your body is constantly fighting itself so then when you do have something that's wrong it's way harder for you to fight it off because it's like the white blood cells are just grabbing anything they can then when something actually does go through they're too busy attacking your body to deal with an actual problem yep exactly kind of like the u.s government (laughs) i was gonna bring up politics i was trying to be a good boy um if people have any if is there any good information people can go to look at about lupus or find out more about it. Um, well, there's, a problem. there's two organizations that have really good information on their websites. Um, you can go to the lupus foundation of America website or the, um, now I've went blank. Lupus, <laughs> lupus foundation of America or, um, the lupus research fund. I think is what it's called. Okay. LRF. I hope I didn't get that backwards. Anyway, I'll send I'll send you links. But those are there's two main agencies that um, do the fundraising and kind of pioneer the research. And um, you can look on their websites, and it shows you like, um, you know, if if you think you may have it, some of the signs and symptoms. Because the way that they you were asking about diagnosis earlier, you know, I talked about those blood tests, but they look at a lot of things, and so. Uh, the American College of Rheumatology has like this checklist, and I think there's 11 items on it. And I think if you check off four out of the five, then they're most likely going to diagnose you with it. But it's a wide range of things like um, hematology issues like platelet, uh, you know, low platelets or low red blood cells or blood clots, um, you know, pericarditis um, where you have the inflammation in your heart. Or pleurisy, you know, inflammation in your lungs, uh, brain disorders like seizures, um, and in your skin, you know, they look for the rashes and photosensitivity, uh, kidneys. They look at your is urine it hereditary tests. at all, or is it just a just an anomaly? No, um, it's it's not an anomaly, but you can't really say that it's hereditary. But there are more people that have. Um, when they're diagnosed, they're more likely to have a relative that has it. Um, I think it's like maybe 25% more likely to have it if you have a close relative that has it. But they still don't even know. Like all they know is uh, they don't know how it happens, where it comes from, why it happens. But they've narrowed it down to a combination of genetics, um, environment, and um, let's see, genetics, environment, and what, does the nutrition play anything into it? S- well, I mean, they don't know. Like yeah. see, that's the thing; uh, it's kind yeah. of a, you know when I, they they to say some point it does because well, it does everything. I've always heard certain foods can help inflammation and whatnot. The reason I wondered if if you ate more foods that were that could cause more inflammation, if that could really bring it out to be seen. I I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've not heard of it that in that aspect, but I've heard of people that have it that you know do certain diets that it lessens their symptoms. But they look at um, you know genetics because they say that you know nine out of ten people are women, so they think that it has something to do with genetics and hormones. Um, and then they also look at environment. They think that that you have it in you 
Right. Um, but something in the environment triggers it is what they think. And, you know, they, they don't know what that could be. They said stress is definitely a trigger for a lot of people. Like if you go through a really stressful time, it can help bring it on. Um, and then, you know, they don't know if it's like, you know, pollutants, yeah. you know, cigarette yeah. smoke, stuff like that. They just really don't know. They've narrowed it down to like certain fields, but they don't know the chain of events or anything like that. So I have a couple of questions. Sorry. Go for it. Um, does it tend to affect different races more than others? And I don't mean that in a racist no, way, but like, there are some like things. Sickle cell anemia affects yeah. blacks it, and Native Americans more. No, I, absolutely. Actually, women of color are, are significantly more likely to have it than other women. It's more common in women, but it's also more common in women of color. You see it a lot in African-American community and Latino community. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Asian, um, too. But yes, especially um, African American women, they're wonder, way more likely. Because when you talked earlier, a lot of the people who were advocates are African American, mm-hmm. so it made me well, wonder. I was just thinking, you know, it's more common. You talk about some of this stuff reminds me of people I deal with who need uh, screen units for sickle cell anemia. A lot of the different antigens in the blood and whatnot. So I, that kind of, yeah, that kind of triggers. And it, it makes me. you wonder if there isn't a correlation. We just haven't figured it out yeah. yet. And that's why those organizations I was telling you, you guys about, are important because they really, you know, they're the ones that are out there trying to gather money for more research because you know there's not going to be a cure and there's not going to be better <clears throat> diagnosis or anything if if we don't research it more. But I think the more more that people talk about it, and just since I've been diagnosed, I've noticed that you see about see and you hear about it a lot mm-hmm. more. Because before that, I didn't know what it was see, I until my my boss got it, and even then, I was just kind of like I read a little bit, and so I was I was slightly familiar. But you know, since then, I've noticed all of these other people, like we all we grew up listening to different artists like seal everybody notice you know seal has yeah. a different look to his face but they I don't know why what is, i thought it was scars was. i, I thought know it, was what it was scars. it is scars from, from discoid lupus wow and it's yeah. so funny well, it looked like burns on yeah. his face you know it was scarring from discoid lupus i've had another sad yeah. love song stuck in my head since you said tony braxton oh, <laughs> so gosh. I'm over here singing it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um snoop dogg is a big advocate because his daughter. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, and she she got diagnosed pretty young. Like she started having really severe symptoms at like six. And Damn. her father had the money to take her to. The, and that's sad yeah. that it probably if she her dad wasn't Snoop, yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg and could afford. And that's saying me too. I can't afford just to go to any specialist. That she yeah. that's so lucky. Do you think is underdiagnosed? Probably. Yeah. Or misdiagnosed to something else. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Like you know, a lot of people have um, fibromyalgia, and a lot of the symptoms are the same. <laughs> but they, you know, some people with lupus get diagnosed with fibromyalgia because, and I'm totally not. I don't want it to sound a certain way, but 
I feel like a lot of doctors, when they don't know what something is with women, they just slap fibromyalgia on it and call it a day. Well, no, they do the same thing with lupus a lot of times. They find stuff they don't know what to, what, what it is. Uh, not lupus, I'm sorry, Lyme disease. Oh, well, you're fatigued and you you have this and that. Oh, you probably got Lyme disease. You know, a, a lot of Lyme disease is mixed diagnosed. It's actually something else is the root of the problem. Yeah. And those poor people suffer for what? Oh, yeah. Well, and two, on the flip side of that, I've also noticed that since I've been diagnosed and it's in my chart, if something's going on with me, they're usually more prone to say it's something lupus related before really checking into it. Yeah. Almost dismisses it. Yeah. So speaking of news stories, last no, it was this week. I saw an article where, you know, they had been talking about how they thought COVID was here before mm-hmm. um, the, outbreak. the outbreak. And they, you know, said they'd found it in blood samples in December of 2019. Well, this article confirmed, and it just came out this week, five states. Guess what one of those states was? Ours. <laughs> that is surprising to me that it would be that our state, because it's not necessarily known. Like, A big international travel Well, state. you would think right. California or even Georgia with Atlanta, where all the yep. flights come in. New York, Boston. Well, and I felt like I had seen a ghost when I read that, because in my mind, I kept putting it back yeah but i got really sick last december and are you patient zero no (laughs) (laughs) but no i regret whatever typhoid mary go ahead (laughs) i don't okay i started to say i regret i don't regret getting my vaccine but i kind of wish i would have had that antibody test done before just to see because i'm convinced now after reading that article that I had it. Um, I've never, other than when I first came down with my first big flare, I've never felt that sick. And something was wrong, and they could not figure out what it was, and they just kept saying, you're having a flare, you're having a flare. And I maxed out on steroids that month. Like, the last time I mm-hmm. went in, they gave me a shot of um, Celestone, and he's like, you can't have any more steroids done. for like six months. Yep. You're done. But I couldn't breathe. Um, you know, I went to work a couple of days. I got sick. I stayed home, I think, a Thursday and Friday and then rested the weekend too. Went in Monday. I couldn't even form a sentence. Like I Brain would, fog? No, well, or just couldn't, couldn't talk? No, I couldn't talk because I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Um, just walking. I would get out of breath, um, but I had, you know, that body aches and fever, um, the congestion, headaches, and I'd been to the doctor three times that month, and they did um, flu and strep test every single time. Every single time they were negative. Um, they put me on a pack to begin with because he said, I think you might be having a flare, but just in case you are, I'm, I'm going to give you this so that you don't catch something. Or if there's something there, it'll knock it out. Yeah. And um, so I took the Z-Pack. Didn't really feel any better. Um, I had another a different steroid shot that day. 
Then I think a week and a half later, came back. They gave me another antibiotic, and I, they put me on my prednisone again. Took all of that. Still wasn't better. <laughs> they put me on another antibiotic and then did the celestone and heat. And the third trip, the reason I went was because my blood vessels were popping in my eye. Oh, jeez. In your like, eye? In my eyes. Shit. I had big red circles oh, all terrible. over my eyeballs where they were just... Because I woke up one morning and I was like, what in the ham sandwich <laughs> hell is wrong with my face? Like, what did it? Sh- my eyes are bleeding. Yes. Like, it, like I have the Ebola. I know I mean, what it is. It wasn't even like they were bloodshot. It was just you could see big circles oh. where my vein. And I was like, okay, this is something's not right. Yeah. We need to discuss your connections to the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> or did you, did you smuggle COVID in? through your olfactory senses and cough it all over America. Well, that was our plan the whole time, Doug. Yeah. I mean... Wuhan Mary over here. Instead of Typhoid Mary. Wuhan Mesa. And I have one more, sorry, just one more question. And this is going back to you. I do appreciate you asking permission before you can speak in my show. Well, I didn't know if you you had something else you wanted to say. No, go ahead. And I do not do that at home, Uh, by the way. No. I say what I want. Um... Going back, you said you had had health issues in your younger years, mm-hmm. and they kind of carried over. And this, I guess, more from a woman's perspective, do you feel like you were kind of dismissed because you were a woman, or maybe they associate, you know, they're like, oh, this is just a hypochondriac crazy lady? Well, I mean, I guess a little bit yes and a little bit no, because I have experienced that before. Yeah. But there were some things that they couldn't really dismiss, I guess. Yeah. You know, one being, I had chronic bronchitis for almost a year, Oh. and I was on a nebulizer and an inhaler, and, and I'd never had problems with that. I was going to say, you said, that sounds like a smoker, and you're not a smoker. No, but you're my the ex- least smoker I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My ex-husband smoked, though. Oh, well, that didn't help things. It didn't, um, but, you know, I finally got over that, but it was like every every cold that would come around that year, I would catch it. And I just couldn't get well, and I couldn't breathe. And so I went through that. Um, I had two knee surgeries because, you know, my joints were all wonky. Of course, I was overweight then, too, so that didn't help. Um, I had a hysterectomy. And, you know, I had my gallbladder out. Like, you name it. I was having, every time I turned around, I was having these major medical issues. Or I was having to have surgery. Yeah. And when I'd have surgery, it was supposed to be outpatient. And now I'd end up having to stay because something would go wrong. And anyway, it was just too much for somebody who's supposedly a healthy 20-something yeah. female. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, there were certain things that, that couldn't be ignored, too. Yeah, that, um, were pretty obvious, but yeah, I, no, I've had I've had a little bit of both. Would you say, knowing now or knowing what you know now, back then, would you have been a better, bigger advocate for yourself? It's and it's hard when you're younger to be an advocate when you're talking maybe to a doctor that's fifty or sixty and been doing this longer and you've been alive, but you you have to be your own advocate in some ways, right? And they they say that now, like I'll. You know, the organizations that I was talking yeah. about, they really say, you know, you, and they even have checklists you can print off to bring oh, to your nice. doctor that's and be nice. like, these, 
I pulled this from this website. These are all the things that I'm experiencing, and I really feel like this needs to be looked into. Yeah. Um, because I think I, you know, I may have lupus. Yeah. And so that's helpful because they do say you have to be an advocate for yourself. A lot of times, like you said, you go in and they're like, you know, there's nothing wrong with you, but you know something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, um, you know you better than any doctor will ever know you. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I know there are some crazy hypochondriacs out there, but the vast majority of people, they're scared and they just want to know what's wrong. Yeah. That kind of happened to me with the whole gallbladder issue. Yeah. I was actually working um, part-time at the hospital in addition to, sorry. to teaching. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <sighs> I was working, like, night shifts on the weekends. And... I went in for a night shift. We need teacher pay raises today. (laughs) We're going to get into that. (laughs) I I had, I was feeling really bad, you know, having, you know, really bad pains, nausea. And, you know, one of the ladies that was helping train me, you know, she was a nurse herself. And she's like, you you don't look good. You know, you need, you need to go get seen about. And she made me go over to the ER and, you know, the day before that, I was at work teaching, and they wanted to call an ambulance because I was having really bad, oh what I felt, chest pains. And I was like, no, don't call an ambulance. You know, I'm just going go to go to Wuhan, Mary, care. go to the doctor if you have chest pains, which you Wait, probably would now. You're older. Not, yeah, I think I was like 26 oh, yeah. then-ish. Um, but anyway, the counselor actually followed me to make sure I was going to be okay, yeah. and I went to urgent care. And they did an EKG and all that. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with your heart. We think it's anxiety. Uh, here's a shot to calm your ass down. <laughs> How do you get that yeah. shot? <laughs> go go somewhere and I, sit down. And I was I, like, okay. And I, I felt better after that. And I was like, man, okay, maybe it is anxiety. Yeah. I mean, and, you were working two jobs. That's two, yeah. Two, did you have both your kids at the time? Yes. This was okay. the year... Ella was born. Oh, so, so two little ones. Really, yeah. yeah, she was. She was, I think, ten months old when all this happened. Oh, that's enough to wear you out, right there. Yeah. So, you know, end up going over to the ER, and by that time, I just couldn't even sit up straight. I was just like, you know, oh God, sick. Just lay down. And they get me back in the room, and the, the ER doc comes back, and she's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna, you know." press down on you and she pushes down over hair and i just start screaming and crying and she's like well i think i know what's wrong with you (laughs) and they send me back for an ultrasound and i'm just full of gallstones and she said up to the tits just full of of them as much as she was full of shit (laughs) she was full of gallstones just as full of those gallstones all the pestilence oh my god but yeah, she said, oh, this has to come out today. She oh, said, my Lord. She said, have you ever had surgery? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. She's like, we're going to call somebody because this has to come out today. And so she called the specialist to, to see if they could do emergency surgery. And they told her that if I was not running a fever to send me home and they would see, see me Monday. He was in the seventh green. He, so yeah, he, he had checked out for the yeah, weekend. Was, yeah, this was a Saturday. Oh, you know, oh, he was, yeah, he was golfing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. or she? It could have been a she. It was a he. Oh, 
Cause I look, I, I'll I promise this sounds like it's going on, but I'll wrap it up. Yeah, oh no, no you're problem. fine. No, he, no. So they send me home. They say you need to go to this office on Monday, um, and they're gonna check you out there. And they sent me home with Zofran and Lortab. Hey, oh Lortab, that's a weekend baby. As a Lord, dog. Lortab fives, and I'm like in the fatal position. Did you wash it down with wine? I wasn't a big wine drinker at that time. Should have been. <laughs> I, I wish I was. I used whiskey. Um, <laughs> but I I went home and just kind of pushed through it. Got went back up there Monday, and he walks in the room with my folder, and he goes, "Well, you have gallstones. You know, when's a good time to get this out?" And I'm like, "Now, now, three days ago." <laughs> yeah, when you were golfing. So then he waits until Friday. Oh, nice. So this sounds like the NHS in England. Oh, yeah. We'll schedule you for emergency surgery. And I was like, I can't eat. Like, I couldn't even drive up here. Like, what do you You're probably say? dehydrated. I was. Else. I lost a lot of weight that week, too. I think it I was imagine. like nine pounds because oh I kept God. throwing up. But they're like, you're not running a fever, so you're okay. You can I, wait. Get me some of these gallstones. I'm going to drop some weight quick. <laughs> so... After my surgery, I have to go back a couple of days later for my post-op. Yeah. This <laughs> son, of, son a of a bitch. Go ahead. You can say it. Comes some bitch comes in, and he goes, golly. I ain't never seen that many gold You stuff. must have been. Now, he was looking at me. He said, you must have been really sick. You son know, of a bitch. I was just like, <laughs> what? And he said, then he goes, thank God we got it when we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a week, a week later. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole six days later. Thanks. I appreciate it. But You were just close to dying. I don't, what would you have done? He didn't go into details. He just said, thank God we got it when we did. And so my wheels got to turn in. This is why my bestie calls me DDB. I can't say what that stands for yeah, because can. it's my name, but it's oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah. De- detective doctor. Yeah, you know, gotcha. because I'm just all the hats. But I was at checkout. I said, can I please have a copy of my chart? And they made me a copy. And so I got home and I got to reading it and I can't even remember what the word was now, but I was like, they were describing patient the state, almost disease, deceased, the, the state of my gallbladder and what had happened was I had a large stone at that point blocking my bile duct. Nice. <gasps> nice, nice, and nice. And that's fatal. Yeah. So I was slowly poisoning to Yourself, death. yeah. Yep. And then he wants to come in and say, thank God we got it when you we call did. me. <laughs> Pat me on the back. After, After making me wait yeah. nearly a week, like, I don't know at what point that gallstone got to the bile duct, but from what I had read, it's it usually only takes a day or two. Yeah, it's like appendicitis. And it kills People you. don't realize your appendix, your your gallbladder. I'd kill if, you if stuff if stuff don't get treated. Yeah, you're you're looking at six feet deep. All I know is offline. I want this doctor's name to make sure I never go to. <laughs> I'll give him. it to you because I tell everybody. I'm like, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, he'll, he'll let you die. <laughs> Because he's, you know, on the 18th hole. And, you know, they have to describe, you know, yeah. the, 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 the 
form and color and everything. Like it had already calcified and just was setting up infection. Nice. And, yeah. That but I wasn't running a fever, so I was okay. Well, I mean, fever is a good indicator of infection. But, but it's, it's not, not the only. But it's not the only one. You could be septic inside. They wouldn't fucking know. Right. Because <laughs> yet again, everybody's body's different. You want to get really mad? I got some news for you. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I'm scared. This is out of, I think. I think Who do you uh, think's going to get madder? Oh, she's going to get really mad at this first one. You oh. may, I mean, you'll get mad, but she's going to get really mad. <laughs> she's going to go through the roof. Yeah, she's, her head's going to explode. I'm <laughs> looking forward to seeing it. I need like one of those Gallagher uh, slickers. <laughs> he <laughs> did tell me today. He's like, I'm pull. I was working at my desk. He was sitting on the couch and he said, I'm pulling some news articles. Most and of them are pretty some good funny, ones. But this one right here, I, I pulled specifically when I saw it. I'm like, oh, Mess is going to like this one. <laughs> I think this is in Maryland because it comes from um, NBC Four out of Washington D.C. Well, what would make you think it's Maryland if it came out because of Washington they talk about, D.C.? They talk about do what? You said what? What? Why do you think it'd be Maryland if you're reading the news from Washington D.C.? Where do you think D.C. is at? I know, but D.C. and Maryland are still two different places. It I know they're right it by there. Mean that the news station isn't That's covering true. news out of Maryland? That's true. <clears throat> want to get her a map <laughs> and just start raising my hand and asking he's can right I, it's that damn common core <laughs> it is we'll have to talk about um, that later we're talking about that on the show we are okay because i figured out something talking to my mother the other day uh let's see here uh loudon county teachers thanked with a challenge coin instead of cash after the pandemic uh, say Wait, that again what? Huh? they were thinking you know what a challenge coin is no. they get them out of the military a lot like, oh, like the eighty second, eighty second airborne, airborne division will have a challenge coin. Uh, like you know, a certain seal teams have got a challenge coin, and if you do something to help them in some way, they'll yeah. they'll give you one. So people want all the different ones. It's just like a there's a guy I watch on YouTube, and he worked as a as a gunsmith at Fort Polk in Louisiana, and at Fort Polk they have got a division. That runs of hell. <laughs> Fort Polk is hell. They've got a they have a division at Fort Polk for training, and their whole job is to be the, the counter to U.S. soldiers. They're U.S. soldiers, but their whole their whole division is to shoot back at American soldiers during training. For training, yeah. And their group hadn't had their guns sighted and fixed. They were past due. And they went to him. They're like, man, can you, he's worked in the armory. He's like, can you cite these and get them back to us? Like by the weekend, he's like, I'll try if you want to bring them down here. So he brought a shopping cart full of M4s and M16s and he cited them and everything, gave them back to him. In his defense, there's probably shopping carts all over the state of Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) Especially at Fort Polk. Yeah. Uh, And so like, like a couple days later for the weekend, the commanding officer over that over that division came and gave him a challenge coin from them, and it's like one of the rarest to get. They don't just hand those out to anybody because they're supposed to be like the opposition force, you know. And he got one. He's like, "Next time you're doing training, we'll try not to shoot you." He's like, "No, don't do that." He goes, "Please shoot me." There's Burger King. I'm next to the medic. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came back with that coin, and his dad's like, "What you get this coin for?" He's like, "Aiding and abetting the enemy," you know, because he's like, telling the whole story. So they give out challenge coins. Uh, certain gyms, like a lot of these CrossFit, CrossFit gyms Ugh. do challenge coins if you do certain things. Of course they do. So the Loudoun County Public School System is doling out more than $1.6 million to pay for one-time bonuses to thank staff for their hard work during the pandemic. But teachers 
won't be seeing a dime of it. In neighboring Prince William County, the school board will vote Wednesday on a possible $1,600 bonus for teachers. In Farquhar County, teachers get a $1,000 bonus. Staff in Fairfax County got a 2% raise. Teachers in Loudoun County, on the other hand, were given the kind of coin they can't take to the bank. Challenge coins, which are a commemorative item. These coins were given as a thank you to the teachers for their hard work on the front lines during the pandemic. The superintendent, Dr. Scott A. Ziegler, also sent a heartfelt letter to the staff. Owns a mint that made these, so he got a kickback. <laughs> Dr. Ziegler did not put those letters and those coins together to tick anybody off. I guarantee it, Sandy Sullivan, the president of the Loudoun Education Association, said. She said teachers know the superintendent meant well and the gestures being received differently. It's just the timing was off, Sullivan said. That is such a PC way to put that. The Loudoun County Education Association believes employees at all. This is, this is in quote. Loudoun County Education Association believes that employees at all levels and classifications contribute to progress made during the unprecedented times. All employees should receive bonuses due to their extraordinary work this school year, the association said in a statement for News 4. This reward would recognize the efforts and sacrifices of all employees who worked through hazardous conditions during the pandemic. Meanwhile, the school board has approved $1.6 million bonuses to be split among administrators and nurses who worked on vaccination efforts, that was going to be my next question. school principals, and other administration, as well as nearly $12,000 <laughs> each for nine How much? $12,000 each for nine cabinet members. That was going to be my question, what the superintendent was getting, because I knew that fucker wasn't getting a challenge coin. Some Loudon teachers, who do not want to speak on camera, told News 4's Drew Wilder that while the coin was a nice gesture... Watching administrators get thousands of dollars in bonuses and bonus money felt like a slap in the face. One Loudoun County School Board member said the board approved $500 per quarter stipend to compensate educators who work directly with students unable to maintain distance or wear a mask. Those educators should contact their building administrators to qualify. She's she getting red at it. Ain't the lupus. <laughs> Even my company, we got a couple. We got a couple bonuses during the whole thing. And we, we got a we got a pay raise. I mean, they really they recognized that we were working our asses off. I didn't. Didn't want get a bonus. You have to work from home. You got a new job. I know, but I didn't get one from my old job either. What do you expect? But I understand that because I know there was somebody at my old job. There was. That got a half a million dollar bonus at one time a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And guess what I got? Nothing. I was going to say jeans I got to on keep Friday my job. and some free pizza. <laughs> yeah. No, not even that much. A slice. Yeah. And this person. Yeah. Yeah. And that was only one person, but got $600,000. Had y'all received anything at all? Mm-mm. I didn't think so. so yeah. No. I'm, I'm honestly surprised they're doing that. Would you like a challenge coin? Would you like us to print out a certificate from the internet? With little teddy bears on it? Bite my great, ass. Great job. <laughs> we might even get ridiculous. you a Mylar balloon. Look. There's so, ooh, Mylar. <laughs> oh, we are big spenders around here. We don't yeah. we don't skip out on that mm -mm, nylon mm -mm. stuff. Mm -mm. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get you a poster yep. with a kitty cat that's hanging there. Oh, my branch. gosh. <laughs> no, that's let's get much. her a baby one I'm with the saxophones. Like on this. <laughs> 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 You see in the office when they had the, the baby mm. saxophone? Yeah. 
That's too much. I mean, what do you think? I mean, you'd probably rather have that than a challenge coin. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's just. Can you melt it down and get anything for it? This shit sucks. Can you put them in rolls like quarters and shit? Never mind. <laughs> shut them up somebody's shut ass. Yeah, I'm going to shut up before isn't, isn't I get this in way, trouble. Isn't this the way education's been going, though? The administrators at the top way. Get, get their cut? Uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous the way that the the pay scales are, you know, and it and it varies by state, and then in states it varies by location. I think a lot of this also has to do with Maryland teachers reunionized. Oh, I'm sure that has some huge something to oh, do yeah. with it. I mean, we have a union here, but we also oh, I didn't know you had a union here. Oh yeah, yeah they have a I big no one. Yeah, but you know, we also have a state law that says we can't strike, or right. they can. You know, pull our contracts after the last strike, which well, was basically the last significant pay change. raise. Yeah, I remember when my mother was. This was back in the nineties when mm-hmm. my mother was teaching, and there was a another teacher at the same school, and she was big in the union. And my mother said that she remember being told, I guess, when she moved to that district in the early eighties, if you join the union, they'll try to find a way to get rid of you. Mm. Was you that, won't you won't get like a contract. You won't way be down renewed. south or where she was at. No, where where I grew up. Yeah. No, where now she also started. So she taught for about seven or eight years down south, way down south, and then she had my brother and I, and she took some time off, and then went back to teaching in the early eighties. At that time, teachers, she lost that seven or eight years towards her um, pension and retirement mm. because you couldn't carry it from one district to another. Oh my word. I can't imagine if it was like that now. Like now they you, changed you go, like, it. You're in the state yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, and I think you can. I don't really know how it works. I've been meaning to look into it, and I just never have because I'm never getting out of this place. But <laughs> you've <laughs> always got a gonna, job here at the Hango Show, all right? But um, you know, we'll pay you in challenge coins. <laughs> I think. Oh. <laughs> I mean, or we use Doge coins. <laughs> Mylar balloons, or it's not a deal. <laughs> yeah, Mylar balloons. Free pizza and jeans Fridays, or and no, it's oh, Little Caesars no pizza. It's oh, not even good pizza. <laughs> oh, oh, we, we get some from Harpoon's place. At least well, that's good true. Pizza. That's true. We'll get and you good. And on Fridays we have it's, it's a no pants policy. <gasps> no pants Friday. No, no pants, pants Friday. and no bra. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a what is it, tripod broadcasting. <laughs> Come up with the contracts right quick, Addison. You listen to this. But, um, no, it's not I, ridiculous. That they're not doing anything. I mean, I know that it, it's been a hard year for everybody. It, it, it really has. Yeah. Um, you know, you, we had to change so much about the way we, I don't know what all changes went on besides working from home for teachers doing, doing zoom calls or whatever. I would think that's harder. Well, it's gotta be, but that was just, you know, during quarantine here, most of our schools went back in person. Right. And on top of that, cool. we were having to do virtual too. Mm-hmm. So we were either having to record during class or record videos after, after class. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but, you know, sometime during quarantine, everybody lost all sense of time and space and uh, personal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Off the clock time. Yes, because I just started getting, you know, we have programs where you you don't have to give out your phone number right like you know you can use these apps and it calls from a different number or texts from a different number but my school thought it was a genius idea 
to give a parent my phone number one time without my permission. Mm. And so within about a week, the whole entire community had my phone number. Oh, Jesus. Did you change it? No. Uh, but I mean, and it's been like that all year long. Like uh, people will text at like 10 o'clock at night nope. or they'll call on a Saturday nope. or I've even had people calling this summer. I'm like, Mm-mm. yo, you got the wrong one. <laughs> I ain't even working there no more. But, you know, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'll answer their questions. But it, it's like I told my significant other, I'm like, look, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Like, they're. I don't even work there. Yeah. Uh, it's summer vacation and people are calling me instead of the school, you know, and it was like two or three people in one day. And this was well, only in June. I yeah. mean, Come on, Mrs. Dr. Mesa. I need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Dr. Mesa. You want another then, story? Please. Yeah. We need to get away from that one. Oh, well, let's. We'll I could bitch all night about that one, so we need Ooh. to move on. Foo Fighters to release a disco <gasps> Love it album already. as the DGs. Wait, he said disco. I don't, as Dave the Grohl, DGs. The DGs, like Dave Grohl DGs? Like Bee Gees like DGs. I know that, but I mean yeah. Yeah, Okay. The Foo Fighters gotcha. have unveiled their new musical direction, transforming from stadium rock heroes to a Bee Gees tribute band for their next album. As the DGs, a nod to frontman Dave Grohl's initials, the band will release an LP including four Bee Gees covers. That might actually be pretty good. The title of the album is Hail Satin. <laughs> oh my God, this is just getting better and better. Like, I love Dave Grohl. You will see the Foos take on the Gibb Brothers' 1970s disco classics, Night Fever, Tragedy, Night You Should Be Dancing, Fever. and More Than a Woman. It will be released on vinyl in the U.S. in the U- in U.S. record store day on uh the 12th of July side. One of the LP will also include the versions of Andy Gibbs shadow dancing, which <laughs> spent seven weeks at number one yep. in the U S in 1978 <laughs> side two will feature five live versions of songs from their last album medicine at midnight. The U S group announced the news with a clip of Grohl attempting his best falsetto a la Barry Gibb. I'm all in. Okay. I'm in as long as, he has a guest spot on SNL with Justin yes. Timberlake yes. and Jimmy Fallon doing the Barry Gibb oh. talk show. That is one of my favorite things. Maybe he's the other Gibb brother. Oh. Talking about the- Chester. <laughs> Talking about crazy cool medallions. Dave- Talking about <laughs> I'm on the I Barry Gibb it. talk show. Oh, God. And I do that like Justin like Timberlake, They'll too. have a blast, too. I mean, I'm sure they've already got it recorded. Could you imagine? Those concerts are going to be so much fun. I, yeah. I, it's going to be it, nice. He, they, he could just do no wrong. Oh, and you heard about them, about their protest their concert the other night, right? No. I, <laughs> I told you, I've had my punch head somebody. buried in the I, sand. They did, a, they did a show. I think it was somewhere in Florida, maybe. Or maybe L.A. One of the two. 300-seat venue. Oh, damn. And it I was for uh, those who've been vaccinated only. And anti-vaxxers protested outside because they said it was akin to segregation. Oh, my God. <laughs> poor <laughs> repressed people. <laughs> you poor repressed white house soccer moms. Why do they got to be white? Because we all know they were. We don't know that. Oh, they were totally white. You think white. black guys don't want to hear the Foo Fighters play, too? That's very racist of you. How dare you? I'm saying so a black guy would have had enough sense to go get a damn vaccine. Oh, Tinker, the racist. Our resident racist here. Yeah, I'm so show. racist. Now they were. It was like a warm up show because they're playing like their 
it's going to be the first show where all seats are available at Madison Square Garden. Nice. That'll be the the first show they're going to be fully full capacity again. It's going to be the Foo Fighters. I think it's just in a month or so. So cool. <clears throat> all right. U.S. Olympian Shelby Houlihan blames a burrito for a positive drug test. <laughs> Did it have poppy <laughs> seeds in it? No. Wrong. Wrong again. Is that it's a like, like over seven for you? Tonight. Are you going to do the tinkerer's wrong dance? No, do we know? Is that a is that really a thing or is that like an urban? Oh, it's very thing? true. No, it's, really? I saw yeah. it one time. I eat the crap out of poppy seeds. You will I pop, love poppy positive seeds. for opiates. I saw wow. that years ago. They drug tested someone and they were clean. Then they ate a poppy seed bagel and drug tested. I was going to say I, I make it. this casserole all the time. And I put poppy seeds. <laughs> poppy in seed it, chicken. And I love yes. Oh my god. So and good. I love everything bagels. So now and you don't only have poppy seeds. You don't have connections to China. And the Wuhan labs, you're also connected through Afghanistan. With, well, with the, the opium. The yeah. Well, you it's, know me. Man, you're all over Asia. Worldwide. The Asian invasion <laughs> over here. <laughs> all right. US, U.S. Olympic hopeful Shelby Houlihan has been banned from long distance com- competition for four years following a positive test for steroids, which she blames on a pork burrito that she bought in a food truck. What? The middle distance runner tested positive for nanodroline. A banned steroid after submitting a sample to a lab on December 15th. The Independent Athletics Integrity Unit uh, initially suspended her for, from competition in January, and the Court of Arbitration of Sports upheld the AIU's charges and banned her for four years this week. Houlihan competed at the Summer Games in 2016 and recently set American records for the 5,000 meter and 1,500-meter races. She qualified for the U.S. Olympic Trials and the Tokyo Olympics in late 2020, but has not raced since December. The ban will effectively uh, bar her from participating in the so-called 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo and the 2024 Games in Paris. The 28-year-old railed against the ban in an Instagram post on Monday mm-hmm. in which she claimed she had never taken steroids and that her defense was dismissed without proper due process. I feel completely devastated, lost, broken, angry, confused, and betrayed by the very sport that I've loved and poured myself into just to see how good I was, she wrote. Houlihan claimed the steroid likely entered her system through a burrito that she bought from a Mexican food truck near her home in Beaverton, Oregon. How does she know it's that burrito? Because she's about to get to it. So that's mighty specific. She said the food truck uses pig organ meat or offal. And it's burritos, and the offal is known to have high levels of nanodroline. I had well, don't eat it. I had never even heard of nanodroline. She said, adding that she had to Google it to learn about it. I have since learned uh, that it has long been understood by WADA or the World Anti-Doping Agency that eating pork can lead to a false positive for nanodroline, since certain types of pigs produce it naturally in high amounts. Pig organ meat or offal has the highest levels of nanodroline. Okay, mm. fat ass shouldn't have had the burrito. Uh, she is far from a fat ass. You can count her ribs. <laughs> yeah, but that's when she was competing. It sounds like she may have let herself go. See, this is the problem with women. Y'all just throw so much hate and shade at each other. Well, my thing so is... Y'all can never get anything accomplished. There's there's something there. There's It's not a burrito. I don't care. You probably have to eat a thousand for something like that. I'm going to try it out. I was going to say, there's a simple solution to that. Let somebody eat one of the burritos and Thank then you. do a, sa- a blood sample. Exactly. Like, why does it have to be this big mystery? Yeah. She could either be cleared or... Yeah, or not. Get, get yeah. a sample of the meat and test it. Okay. Or 
you know, she's recreate the conditions, queen. you know. Yeah. I'm just not a lot of sympathy here for Olympic athletes. I, I just, I, I don't know. This is women hating women. I'm used to it by now. Uh, if it had been a man, I'd feel the same way. Explosive diarrhea shuts down production of the NBC's Ultimate it's, Slip and Slide Show. Right on Ooh, into it. Ooh, Slip and Slide Show? Like, were they slipping and sliding? <laughs> In the diarrhea, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> As if a global pandemic wasn't enough, an entirely new out- outbreak this uh, has wreaked havoc on NBC's game show, Ultimate Slip and Slide. Last week, N- NBC... Uh, placed an indefinite pause on production for its upcoming competition series, reportedly due to diarrhea circulating <clears throat> on the set show, on, on the set of the show. Multiple folks involved with the show reported that gastrointestinal issues had spread amongst the crew. The rap reported that, quote, up to 40 cast members fell violently ill, citing a person with knowledge of production. They ate some of those bad pork burritos. The the source also said people were collapsing and being forced to run into porta potties that were stationed nearby due to awful explosive diarrhea. (laughs) TMZ also spoke with an anonymous source who said that multiple people fell ill with gastrointestinal symptoms. Representative, their caterer was no. It gets better. A representative for Universal Television Alternative. Studios, who is producing the show for NBC, spoke with people about Ultimate Slip and Slide, confirming the halt in production. The health and safety of everyone on the set is no, our no, top no, priority. No, no, no. Yeah, this typical, typical corporate speak. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, people also confirmed that one crew member tested positive for Jardia. What is that? Ooh. You don't know what Jardia is? Oh, no. I, it will make you so <laughs> sick. <laughs> Like I have a Giardia, friend. Yeah, Giardia is a microscopic parasite that, when swallowed, causes diarrheal disease. Samples from nearby bodies of water, like the slide pool, water truck. Well, it's standing. It's it's stagnant water. Sinks, Mexico uh, came all came back negative, <laughs> but additionally tested. Additional testing on June tenth showed Giardia in the set surrounding area. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Jardia can be found on surfaces as well as in soil, uh, food, or water that has been contaminated with feces from infected animals, people, or humans. I'm sorry, people or animals. It's not currently known how many people have been affected with the parasite. You would think in post-COVID, well, we're still in COVID times, they would have better sterilization of the stead. They're they're also um, shooting, you know, and so... It's very possible. I'm sure that people are barefooted. Oh, right? absolutely. Are. Okay, so they're walking around the set. If it's a grass set, they could have de- easily stepped in like dog feces, which had and then got in it, got yeah. in the pool. Then everybody coming down the slip and slide, hop, land in that pool, and well, it just spread among everyone. Well, yet again, it's stagnant water, and we don't know how long. I mean, they tell you, you know, Jardia, Jardia can also be in running water. I think yeah. Jardia is, is like in beaver shit. I had a. When you said that, like, if it wasn't for this friend, I would have never even known what this was. But I have a really good friend that had that. but And it almost killed her because oh, yeah. she went several months with it and didn't know that oh, that's God. what was wrong. I, we just knew that something wasn't right because when we would go out to eat, you know, at work, like for lunch yeah. or dinner or whatever, if we were out of town, she would always have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of eating. Oh, God. And she would just drink, 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 drink. Like, yeah. We would tell them to bring a, a, a picture of um, sweet tea yeah. to the table because she would go through it just by herself. But as soon as like it would go in, it would be either come right back up or go right back yeah. out. 
That's got to be miserable. she went through that for months, and we kept saying, you have got to go to oh, a yeah. doctor. And they did, so she did it a couple of times, and they never really could figure out what it was. And then finally, she got really bad sick, you know, on an overnight work trip. One of our coworkers took her to the ER where we were at, and um, or where they were at, and um, I don't remember if that happened before or after, but either either way, she was at some doctor for a follow up, I think. And one of the questions I just happened to ask her was, "Have you been out of the country?" And she said, "Yes, like she had been to Mexico." Ah, uh, we found it. Yeah, and they were like. Okay, and they they ran the test, and she was positive for it, but by the time they figured out what it was, it had ate up so much of her intestine, yep. they had to go in and surgically remove, like, oh. a huge portion of it. Yeah, people don't I mean Jardia, I believe it's Jardia that, that can be, like, I think it's mostly beaver shit. Um, I've heard of, like, guys going, like, camping or hunting in Colorado, and they'll camp, and they'll see, they'll camp somewhere close to, like, running spring water. Mm-hmm. And they go fill up their canteens. Oh, well, shit, 5,000 feet yeah. on up in the mountain, there could be a beaver shit in that water. And even through running water, we've always heard, you know, you've heard growing drink up. Drink running water. Drink water that's running over rocks. You know, you don't want to drink stagnant water. Yeah. As long as it's running over wa- rocks, you're fine. Mm-mm, that ain't true. <laughs> you want to be as you want to be as high up to the water source as you can before you drink from it. Um, because you have animals shitting in that water on up the fucking mountain. People yeah. too, probably. Yeah, some well, people. and they they say you know if you go down there, don't drink you know tap water or whatever. Just get like bottled water right. or whatever. And she was like, "Well, I did that, but then figured out she'd drank some iced tea, got a daiquiri, you got yeah. an ice." Yeah. yeah, a lot of people go to Mexico. They're like, "Yeah, I I, did, I I got Montezuma's revenge so bad, but I didn't drink any water." Would well, you drink a daiquiri? Well, yeah. What do you think fucking ice is made out of, motherfucker? Well, that it's is water. It makes me think. Have you ever seen the Sex in the City movie? Uh-uh. Well, there's um one of the characters there in Mexico, and she's so scared she won't drink the water and doesn't. But she's in the shower and accidentally opens her mouth and water gets in there. Yeah. And she gets sick. See, that's when we, when we go on vacation, we try to go places that have, like, you know. Not Mexico? Well, just modern plumbing. Or modern sanitation uh, abilities, like uh, Brazil, like not Brazil, uh, Belize. Yeah. No drug cartels. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay with drug cartels. I mean, I got no problem with them until they're throwing your head. Ah, nah. rolling your head down the street. What a way to go! <laughs> but like Belize is like the only country in Central America that has the sanitation. It's because they had, they had so much colonization from the English. It's and a, same, a lot of scuba divers. A go lot down of scuba there. divers go down there. It's beautiful. Uh, it's untouched. Um, the same way, like you know, Jamaica, the Bahamas, a lot of a lot of English settle old English settlements have got have got the facilities. Well, they're they commonwealths too. They're still part of the right. UK. So yeah, if you're out in nature, oh yeah, we have a big problem. I don't know if it's around here. I was reading something the other night in our area. We still have a big problem with malaria. Oh really? well, yeah, the mosquitoes. Are you kidding me? It's because people don't cut up their old tires, take them and dump them, and yeah. water settles in it. This is a breeding ground. Toxoplasmosis. Mm-hmm. You know, are you familiar with toxoplasmosis? Yeah. yeah, it's a big problem. I'm not. You can tell me. It's it's a uh, parasite that cats shit out. Fuck a parasite, man. Uh, it starts off. It gets into mice, and it burrows into its brain, and makes it fall in love with cats. Makes it seek out cats, so the cats will eat that mouse. 
the parasite goes to the cat. The cat ships into a litter box. And you clean you up, the, pick litter up box. the litter box. And you can, as recently tell women not to be handling litter boxes because they can get toxic plasmos- yeah. plasmosis. I'd, I'd always heard that, but it, I didn't. It is I connected it just- to people who, it can cause you, to, it will cause you to take more risk in your life. Like 80% of motorcycle accidents, it, it, a risky behavior accident. The you want to talk about the, the one you saw? Oh, I thought about it the other night. Oh, you did? Okay. If you listen to my show, you would know that. Well, I'm a week behind. <laughs> But like like eighty percent of motorcycle accidents, where it wasn't it it was a a driver exceeding the speed limit or doing something risky, yeah. they came up positive for toxoplasmosis. Interesting. Um, a lot of race like I forgot like an abnormal amount of uh the top soccer players in Europe have got toxoplasmosis because they're willing to take more risk in a game. Um, I was gonna say something. But so yeah, but it's it's everywhere, and it's it's really easy to it's just it's, it's antibiotics to cure it. Yeah. Just like the plague, antibiotics right. will cure it. But they say the plague's making a comeback down in um, Southern California. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Due, <laughs> due to the homeless, homeless population. Yeah. yeah, it's very true. But Dr. Drew said that months ago. He said yeah. this homeless population is going to do nothing but spread disease. And he said, I'm seeing it already. Just the jumps yeah. in infected rates. Uh, you know Roger Roger Waters is? From, mm-hmm. Okay. Roger Waters tells Facebook CEO to zuck off <laughs> after huge song rights request. Grouchy former Pink Floyd bassist and vocalist Roger Waters launched an expletive-laden attack on human impersonating Facebook CEO bot Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> after receiving a request from Instagram to use one of his songs in a promotional film. Speaking at an event in New York to advocate for the release of Julian Assange, Waters held up a printed piece of paper he said he received on the internet this morning. That's a quote from Roger Waters. That after, doesn't age him at all. <laughs> which included a request to use Pink Floyd's printed song, him. Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2, in exchange for what Waters described as a huge, huge amount of money. The answer is, fuck you, no fucking way, Waters told the, the cheering crowd with obvious relish. He continued, "Only I only mention this because it's the insidious movement of them to to take over absolutely everything. So those of us who do have any power, and I do have a little bit in terms of control of my publishing of my songs, I do anyway. So I will not be party to this bullshit Zuckerberg. Facebook purchased the photo app Instagram in 2012 for $1 billion. Waters, who was a founding member of Pink Floyd in 1965, along with Sid Barrett, Richard Wright, Nick Mason, and Bob Close has become a staunch, if somewhat scattershot, activist in recent years. <laughs> he has involved himself in various causes, including advocacy for Assange and a whistleblower Chelsea Manning, support of military veterans, opposition to Brexit, the, poli- the policies of Donald Trump, and the UK's ban on hunting with dogs, and criticism of the Syrian White Helmet Search and Rescue Volunteer Groups, whom he described as, quote, a fake organization. Waters concluded his rant against Zuckerberg by poking fun at the undignified origins of Facebook as a site for rant for rating the attractiveness of females of female Harvard students. Well, hey, I think it's his right. It's his music. It he can totally do that. And Led Zeppelin's the same way. They they can, you have to control your music. But and I'm not a Zuckerberg fan. At least he asked. You know, a lot of people well, would have, have just done it. A corporation like that's got to. And the, the problem, I think what he's saying is these corporations 
like this yeah. have gotten so big that they can, they can throw any amount of money around and buy anybody's yeah. art. Yeah. And he's just taking a stand and saying, no, that song is, which. Which song did he want? Uh, another Brick, brick in the Wall. The wall. Which is nothing about Instagram. <laughs> well, hey, I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan to begin with, and that is definitely not one of my favorite songs. Get of theirs. the divorce papers ready. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're okay. I'm just. I, I can mean, take the eyebrows are cocked up and everything. <laughs> ready to pounce. I'm more of a Led Zeppelin girl, but I understand it. You have to control it, or it, it's no longer yours. Well, so many artists now have lost. Like, they signed away their rights. Or like Michael Jackson, who lost all, was it Mike? No, no, the Beatles, the Beatles, yeah, lost all theirs. When he, when he, uh, licensed the rights to Revolution for a Nike commercial, Paul McCartney's head exploded. Yeah, come (laughs) apart. That's not what that song was about at all. Is that about a pair of sneakers? Yeah. You know? Um, but didn't, didn't Paul McCartney end up getting the rights back? I don't know if they ever got them. I know at one point it was him and a bunch of people were trying to get them back and they couldn't get the money together. Was that before or after he died? I think that was before, maybe. I I can't can't remember. remember. I don't know who has the rights now. Um, I think if you write something, it's your art. And um, to hell with these record companies that do that to to the artists. It just depends on what kind of contract. Well, that's why Led Zeppelin, they One thing I like now is that there's so many artists who record their own stuff. Here, we're sitting here in this Mm -hmm. ramshackle studio I threw together, you know, and I'm able to record this, and I'm I'm in – uh, a cooperative relationship with some guys I trust yeah. as far as publishing yeah. my stuff. You know, I know if I call Addison today and I said, Hey man, I want to pull my stuff off and go on my own. Fine. He would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, but, but like Prince, Prince signed his soul yeah. away, you know, when, when he signed his, signed his first record deal. Yeah. It, it was hell for him to get out of that too. Well, he was writing he slave on the side of his face. Oh, was that when he that? changed his name to the symbol? Yep. He he was just totally pissed at the fact that they could even they even had ownership of his yeah. name, so he didn't you know. That, I don't blame him, and I'm not a huge just a huge Prince fan either. I like him, but well, and now, I'm just making enemies in this room right now. Everything, no, I mean everything. <laughs> everybody has their own cup of tea, oh, yeah. but everything he did, he he was so serious with mm-hmm. what he liked to have released yeah. and what he didn't, and you know he has this huge vault. Um, at, the Paisley, at Paisley Park. Paisley Park, sorry. Um, <laughs> and I bet that's where of, the shit I would like yeah, is. It's in the vault. Full of stuff that he did probably didn't intend on people listening to Ever. right now. Yeah. And as a, a fellow musician, I could understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's some things that you have to let kind of mellow. and or some things you, you go you back may, and tweak. You want to record just for yourself. And it was not yeah. meant for public consumption. Right. It was meant, it, it, it was cathartic cathartic yeah like it it really bothered me even though i'm a fan and i would love to hear new stuff it kind of bothered me like on a core level that they just kind of went in and was like you know uh here and they're just like dropping stuff left and right who has control of those i believe it it's it's his family right now like his half siblings and stuff they want the money that's what it boils down to probably Cause I, I mean, I was gonna say, was stuff, it the Jehovah's Witness Church? No, <laughs> he was so private. He never intended on guy. any of that to be heard. Yeah. I'm sure, even just being in his place, like he would invite people, but I don't think he would have ever wanted it to well, be like a when, museum. When, when Beck signed his first, I album do like deal, Beck. I think his first deal was like seven records. 
holy shit, that's a lot. And he got like, he got dumb like with Odelay and he's like, this is some fucking bullshit. I'm not making any money at all. Cause where you make your money at, or it used to be like, you know, during our teenage years, these mm-hmm. guys were getting paid 10 cents an album they sold. Oh, yeah. maybe. Only place they made their, their music right. was when they were tour. And that's the reason all these bands were touring for 18 months straight. They're trying yeah. to try to make a yeah. dime, you know? Um, you, do you have a guess? I know you probably know. You have a guess of the number one moneymaker in touring today? Touring today? Probably somebody like Taylor Swift or something. No. This person makes more than Taylor Swift, more than Beyonce, more, more than the Stones now, I think. Let me think really hard for a second. Because it's going to be somebody not obvious. That just tours constantly. All the time. Never not. And sells out. Do three shows straight in the same place and sell out every one of them. Oh, there's too many to name. I don't know. What? Who? Garth Brooks. Shut the front door. I kid you not. Look, I saw him on the Kennedy Center Honors a couple weeks ago. How fat you, was he? He was pretty chubby. How about Trisha? She was chubby, too. <laughs> They've been eating them biscuits. They've been eating all the cornbread. <laughs> it was so, it was cool, though, because even the though I'm not need a really. closure, Garth. They do. You know, he's a serial killer. What? See, a smile. I come with a fucking axe. I have no, he's, he has like family. He's like buried under his house. I have no doubt. Oh, and all over. That's why he tours so much because he can kill. Bodies. Yeah. Like a semi driver. I would rather shoot myself in the head than go to one of his concerts. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a country fan at all, but that was really, it was, it was neat to see the people that they had. I like, love the Kennedy Center singing stuff. his songs. Yeah. It was crazy. Have you seen the one with Paul McCartney when they did Paul <gasps> McCartney's? And it that was one's so good. It was Dave Grohl and Nora Jones. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh my God, I love like, Nora Jones. No, um, you'll never top part doing <gasps> Stairway to Heaven. That, no, 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 that's, that's it. That's it for song. me. Huh? They, they stole that song. Who? What? Zeppelin. They, well, they I don't. I don't song. care who they stole it from. Heart performed that song better than Zepp does. Um. Made Robert Plant cry. Oh, oh my God. Made me cry too when I was like, oh my God, Robert Plant's crying. I think I to cry about shit. I Man's made out of money. Uh, He's still touring, by the way. With all those skinny jeans. And I wouldn't mind to go see him. See his treasure trail. We'll go together. Yes, we'll go together. Oh, it'll be a good time because he does small venues. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff he did with Allison Krauss back a few years ago. That was great. That was great. Allison Krauss's voice is. Angelic. Of all collaborations, I yeah. would have never picked that together. one, but it, it works. works. Yeah, I think it was because she brought that bluegrass side, and he, you know, it was just two things well, meeting it, in the middle. It was, and they were both fans of each other. It, well, it, plus, you know, he has so much. Zeppelin's got so much blues influence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not too far fetched from from bluegrass. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no. it's it's kind of, you know, you have music like uh, rap. Uh, hip hop, R and B. I love good R and B. Um, rock. All that music is influenced from African music. Oh, yeah. all of okay. it is. And then you have uh, country, bluegrass, Americana, folk. That's all Irish Scots music. Scots Irish. You know, and the blues kind of melded those two mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
this when we went to Ireland, we found this was like what Connor said. He goes, you know, Ireland's the only country in the world where their national symbol is a musical instrument. It's the oh. harp. People don't realize that, you know, the continent of Africa and the small country the size of Indiana, Ireland, really made American music, like truly mm-hmm. American music. Uh, so, you know, for those two to be together, I don't think it was too far-fetched. I think it was, it kind of, no, it kind of, yeah. it, 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 it seems like a, ju- a juxtaposed for those two to be together, but it, it really made it done. It did it really, really well. Yeah, it worked. No, absolutely. And recently I heard a Chris Stapleton uh, cover of, oh God, what is it? Oh shit. And it was so good. And it's usually a female who sings the song. It's a man's world. It was flipping amazing. And it was just, you know, that R&B song. And then he brought his country. And I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan, by the way. I love him. But it was amazing. It sounded so good. I'm going to go sit outside with Mess of Willis and some Depeche Mode and smoke cigarettes and cut our wrists. <laughs> Did you? I'm are a, you going to listen to The Cure after Depeche Mode? Hell yeah, <laughs> we are. A motherfucker might. I'm a, I'm a bleeding heart goth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. These sad sack. Thank y'all for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. I didn't know I had a choice. You, you just told me to show up. No, I said, you want to, I said I'm recording with I'm Matt. I said, you want to go? I said, yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Hango Show. Be sure to go by tripodbroadcasting.com and check out all the shows there. Also, go by ebles.com, E-A-B-L-E-S, and use the discounts code HANGO to save 15% off your order on some premium CBD. Also, be sure to go by mydelta8.com. See what they have going on over there. Mesa, Tinker, thank y'all so much. Love y'all. And I love, love all y'all you. out there listening to the show. Have a good night, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>